When we start a new weight loss journey, it's common to approach things from a very judgmental state, to notice the things that we wish were different or the things that we're working to change. So today, my friends, we're talking about how to love your body through a weight loss journey. Welcome back to the Fit Feed by Read podcast. I am so grateful for your listening ears and hearts and open minds. Today, we're talking about how to love your body through a journey of making change, physical change. The reason I'm going to be sharing these seven key points is because this is what leads to longevity of sustained weight loss and enjoying the process of making changes for your health. You are listening to the Health and Fitness Podcast for the Female Millennial. Step off the roller coaster of yo yo diet and fitness trends with sustainable solutions to make positive habit change. Learn to stress less, eat smart, and move more with me, Coach Reed, and the fit for life minded guests I bring onto the show. We'll tackle one diet myth at a time, give you tactical ways to make change in your life, and deliver it all with a lighthearted quirk that you just can't stop listening to. As I like to say, it's an educational audio treat. Better said, like a lollipop for your ears. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to the Fit Feed by Read podcast. It is February, and it's not just February, it's the week of Valentine's Day. It's the month and the week of love. I love it. So, we're talking about how to love your body through a weight loss journey. Now, if you're tuning in on a timely manner, this will feel extra relevant, but you know what? Honestly, even if you're digging back in the archives or listening back in a different month of the year, this is still incredibly relevant. If you were on a weight loss journey, how do you love your body and appreciate what your body's capable of even through that process of trying to make change. I've got seven specific points today that I want to I want to bring to you guys for you to just kind of help to reframe the way that you think about this. As we work towards making change, it can be very easy to really start judging uh, all the different elements of what we're working on in terms of lifestyle, in terms of health, in terms of how frequently we go to the gym, our sleep, all these factors. And so the game becomes, you know, how do I appreciate what my body is capable of even as I'm working toward change? And I also want to provide some tactics here today that hopefully feel realistic for you. I know that there's a lot of conversation in the space of like, I mean, and even the title of this this episode, quite frankly, of how do I love my body in moments where it feels hard to love? And I think that's a really important concept to talk about because it, we can sometimes go to this extreme of like, you know, I don't feel happy with where I'm at. And then someone tells me, well, I'm just supposed to love myself. And it's like, well, but I'm not where I want to be right now. So how do we find ways to kind of step our way there versus going from zero to 100? And that's really what I want to I want to talk through with these seven specific uh, tactics and tips to consider. Before I even dive into those seven things, I want to mention to you guys, I, I hear from a lot of clients that I work with. I only work with women. And I think this is this definitely shows up for men as well. But I think especially within the sphere of body image and how we view ourselves and, and working towards shifting our bodies or, or Im- making improvements or whatever it may be, uh, that there's oftentimes a lot of emotion that comes into this and there are different ways that we may view our approach to trying to make change and there's different reasons we might make change right it might be hey okay I'm trying to make change because I want to improve my health I may be trying to lose weight specifically to improve my health sometimes we may set goals that are more physique focused in the sense of I'm I'm trying to lose weight or I'm trying to strengthen or tone a certain 
part of my body simply because I want it to appear a certain way. And I do want to mention to you guys, it's okay to desire change. I think that there's a lot of conversation in the space right now of like, how do we not chase vanity, which I think there's a lot of validity to because vanity will not fulfill us. Having svelte arms will not fulfill you. But I also want to encourage that you don't need to feel guilt for wanting or desiring something. It's okay to work toward a goal. And a lot of this too is your own your own self-dialogue. You know, I, I hope and pray that there aren't people in your life who are trying to judge or sway or provide unnecessary input on what you're working toward. Now, that being said, if you're working toward a goal that is not healthy for you, you're trying to take things to extreme, or someone is standing up and saying, hey, you know what, I'm really concerned about your health in the sense that you are trying to lose too much weight or you are getting a little bit obsessive, then then if you are receiving that sort of feedback, I would I would pause and consider that and 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 really do a little bit of self-analysis of where's my motivation or drive coming from to make this change. But do know that we don't need to feel bad for wanting to desire a certain look or to feel a certain way in our bodies or to want to improve our health. I think that's something that I just want to kind of caveat here in the beginning because that's a that's a conversation that I hear with a lot of women of desiring change but then actually feeling kind of bad for wanting to make that change because we we wonder if it's vain or if it's it's not justified. And at the end of the day, as long as you are approaching something from a healthy perspective, it's okay to want to have strong glutes that look a certain way in your jeans. That's fine. But tread lightly with those sorts of goals if you know that you can very quickly slip into more disordered patterning or anything of that sort. So that's just something to kind of overlay over all of this before we dive into the specific points that I have here. So point number one on how to love your body through a weight loss journey is observe the data points rather than judging. When I say data points, I mean things like the number of times you worked out in a week, any sort of body composition metric, uh, whether it's body fat percentage, it's measurements, it's how a pair of jeans fits. These are all data points. Uh, Maybe you're tracking food Try to get yourself to a place as best as you can where you are observing those numbers rather than judging those numbers. Whenever we start a new routine, whenever we start in improving health habits, oftentimes the the simple increase in self-awareness can also lead to a very heavy increase in judgment. It can be kind of a slippery slope of becoming really, really hard on yourself for simply the fact that you may not have noticed certain things were a certain way. You might notice that you track your hydration and you realize, oh, I'm not drinking as much water as I thought I was. Or you start tracking your sleep and recognize, oh, I'm not sleeping as much as I thought I was. Or you track your food and you realize you're not getting as much protein or whatever it may be. I encourage you to take those numbers and metrics and to observe them rather than judge them. Try to step out of your own mind and just say, hey, you know, if I was in the position of coaching myself, how would I speak to this? Because numbers can be informative But we also want to make sure that we are not letting the numbers swing and sway our emotions to extremes. You know, I mentioned this in my Ditch the Scale episode, which I will link in the podcast description as well here. I mentioned that the the concept of getting on the scale can be a, a touchy one because if we step on the scale in a moment when we know that we're feeling emotionally vulnerable, that scale, that number can sometimes have the power to ruin a whole day or a couple days or a week. I've, I've seen this before in clients and I want to encourage, hey, if I know I'm at that place, then maybe there's certain metrics or numbers that I should just avoid 
watching. If there's certain really triggering metrics or numbers, then let's just take a pause from those. But the ones we are tracking, try to observe rather than judge. Point number two is celebrate non-scale wins, or better said, non-physique wins. If you're trying to lose weight, there's a good chance that there's some sort of metric that you are tracking, whether it's even just saying, hey, does an old pair of jeans fit me? That's still a metric. Is it measurements, it's body comp, whatever it may be, your your body fat percentage, there's a good chance you're tracking something in terms of your physical body if you are setting a goal around weight loss. So I want to encourage you to celebrate the wins that do not have to do with those, whatever that metric is that you're tracking. Yay! Notice things like the strength you're building, your consistency with new habits, how you're sleeping better at night, whatever it may be. Take moments to pause and recognize those wins because, because you guys, those wins, I would almost debate, matter even more than maybe the specific metric you are tracking, which is, which is key to think about. If you start to notice that your aim of losing weight is taking over your headspace, I would consider resetting your goals as something that might be more habit or performance focused. I've mentioned this in some previous episodes before of the difference between different types of goal setting. And oftentimes when it comes to our health, the first metric we think about is is some sort of body composition metric, whether it's body fat percentage, it's weight on a scale, it's measurements, it's dress size. We oftentimes think about that specific metric. I would encourage you to say, hey, if that is not serving my headspace right now, do I need to think about setting a goal that is more habit focused? And I'll give you an example of this in a moment or more performance focused. Here's your example. Rather than saying I need to lose 15 pounds, what if I focused on just working out three times per week consistently? That would be a habit goal. Consistently working out three times a week. And you could add even more specificity to that if you wanted to. Maybe it's a certain amount of time uh, that you want to work out for or a certain kind of intensity you want to aim for. From a performance perspective, it could be saying something like, I'm going to train for my first 10K and complete it in under an hour. That would be a performance-based goal. So number one, celebrate the non-scale wins, but also consider if I notice that that body composition metric is not serving me particularly well, do I want to consider shifting my goals? That's definitely worth considering. It's interesting because oftentimes when women shift their goals towards more of a habit or performance-focused goal, Funny enough, you won't be focusing on weight loss or body composition change, but that happens to be a result even when focusing on something else. But it's not the fixation. It doesn't become overwhelming. So that is definitely something to consider. Point number three here is move your body in ways that bring you joy. Move your body in ways that bring you joy. This is truly a general principle that I talk about for long-term success when it comes to your health anyway, but I think this especially makes a difference when you're thinking about loving your body through a season of trying to make change. Because if you are in a place where maybe high-impact movement doesn't feel good, then don't do it. If you're like, you know what, running does not serve me right now, it's not encouraging to me, it's not motivating, it doesn't make me feel good, then don't do it. Find the things that leave you feeling encouraged and motivated. If you find that strength training just fires you up and you feel strong and you recognize, hey, I am consistent when I, when I set my goals around strength training, then do it. If you find that Pilates feels really motivating, you like feeling strength through your core, then do more of that. If you find that dancing and Zumba and just kind of letting loose and feeling a little bit more free allows you to really appreciate your body, 
then do that. Some sort of dance fitness. Find that thing that keeps you motivated. And it might be a, a couple of things. Don't feel like you have to be married to one specific modality of fitness. There is value in doing different kinds of things, even from a physiological perspective in the sense of I'm moving in different planes of motion, I'm working different muscle groups, I'm switching things up. So consider that. Move your body in ways that really bring you joy. Point number four here is clothe yourself for comfort. This is big, especially when it comes to exercise clothing. Think about, hey, ditch the old clothing that doesn't fit. If you know that you're in a place where you say, you know what, Reed, well, I'm trying to kind of get back to that size and I don't really want to get rid of hundreds of dollars worth of clothing, I would suggest putting it in a place where it's not visible. If you open your drawer and every time you see that pair of shorts that you used to always wear to the gym, but that you don't wear anymore because they don't leave you feeling comfortable, you're continually creating a reminder every time you open the drawer, even if you're grabbing something else, about those shorts. So put them in a bag, put them in the back of your closet, in the back of a drawer where you don't have to look at them. If you want to keep them, there's nothing wrong with that. If you're at a place where you're like, you know what, Reed, I just need to ditch that clothing so I don't set that expectation for myself, then ditch it. Create that space, that freedom to do that. And in the moment when you're in your journey, wear what you feel comfortable in. It's not what someone else tells you you should be wearing or shouldn't be wearing. Wear what you feel comfortable in. One thing to consider here, if you're like, you know what, I don't even know where to begin because some things have changed and shifted and I just don't even know what looks or feels good on me right now. You know, especially with workout clothes where things tend to be a little bit more fitted or whatever it may be. I would suggest go to the store in an afternoon when you are, as I like to say, pep talked and prepared. So don't go in an afternoon when you're already feeling judgmental of your body. Go in an afternoon when you feel good. Go get yourself a little coffee or tea. Create a create space for yourself that's in a healthy headspace to go and try on a bunch of different fits and styles of clothing. Go to the mall, go to a sporting goods store, whatever it is, go to a place where you can try on a bunch of different things, grab different colors, different styles, go to different stores and create space for yourself to really figure out what feels good on my body in this season. Because if you find that every single time you're putting on your old workout clothes, you feel demotivated, you feel like you're judging your body because your waistband is cutting in or the arms on a sleeves on a shirt don't feel good or whatever it is, then create space to move away from that. That's okay. You might even find, hey, if you start building muscle in certain areas of your body, and it's like, whoa, okay, the glutes in my pants are getting tighter or the, the shoulders are getting tighter on my shirt, which by the way, I would chalk up as a giant win because putting on muscle is near always a win. <laughs> Even in situations like that, walk away from that clothing. If it's not serving you, if it doesn't feel good, it's not comfortable. When you put it on, you're like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym. It doesn't feel good. You're not, it's not motivating for you. So walk away from it and create the space to find things that really allow you to feel good in the body that you have right now. Clothe yourself for comfort. Number five is if loving your body feels like too much, try to create a place, try to get to a place of neutrality. Sometimes I kind of mentioned this and tee this up in the beginning. There's, it's kind of this like extreme pendulum swing from, oh, I really don't like this part of my body or I hate this or I'm frustrated by this or I'm challenged by this. And then there's all this like motivational raw, raw pep talk online that's like, love your body. 
And you might be at a place where you're like, that is just not realistic for me right now. And that's okay. It's better to be realistic about that and to recognize what is the small improvement I can make rather than going from zero to 100 if that does not serve you. That sort of advice might just leave you walking away feeling more demotivated because you're like, that's not even something I can achieve right now. So think about how can I get to a place of neutrality? Going from body frustration to body love is a, it's a big leap. So consider the, consider the progression. An example here is this. Going from, I hate my hips and really wish they were smaller, to saying, I love my hips. They are one of my best features, would be going from body frustration, body challenge, to body love. And for a lot of people, I think that just feels, it feels like there's, some, there's something disingenuine about it. It's like, well, you know what? That's honestly not how I feel. So consider this. Go from, I'm struggling with my hips. I wish they were smaller to my hips simply are. They don't define me. They're just hanging out. They're doing their job. They're doing their thing. And they don't need to define me. So you're, you're saying, how can I take something and, and move it to a place of neutrality? I'm not judging it. I'm not, I'm not using words like I hate or I don't like or I don't like the way this looks. Or You're, you're stepping away from those words because we don't need those. That, that's body negativity. And you're stepping to a place of neutrality. You're recognizing, you're observing, hey, this is just the way it is. It's not a big deal. It just kind of is. I don't love it. I don't hate it. It just is. And that's okay. One thing to think about within this as well, I, I notice this a lot within women, and it's, it's fascinating when we think about the psychology of the brain. Oftentimes, we judge in others what we judge in ourselves. And so I suppose this could be a point literally in and of itself, but this ties in with this concept of, of moving to a place of neutrality, is if you catch yourself just in your own head, if you catch yourself in public judging other women for anything within their body, I would really encourage you to step away from that. Because when you judge others, you are equally judging yourself. There's no way not to. Because you're saying for some reason in my own head, you don't even need to be verbalizing these things. It's just stuff that flows through your brain. If you're not verbal, even if you're not verbalizing it, you're telling yourself somehow, some for some reason, I disapprove of whatever that is. And first of all, it's not our place to be judging others in the first place, but sometimes thoughts roll through our head. So I really encourage you to say, start noticing when you're in public, if you catch yourself saying things in your head about other women or other their, their bodies, let it go, set it free. Because if you're judging that in others, you're judging it in yourself as well. And what if you took that thought and just capped, took it captive and you said, you know what, I'm just going to make it neutral, right? Her hips just are, my hips just are, her arm, her arms they just are. They're functional. My arms, they just are. They're functional. I don't need to observe them as strong or big or small or thin or lean or I don't need to observe them as anything like that. I can just observe them as neutral. So consider if you're loving, if loving your body feels like a big step from body negativity to body positivity, consider body neutrality. Point six here is what's motivating for you. Don't be a drill sergeant if that's not motivating for you. You know yourself best. There's different types of coaches out there. Take a moment to think about that. If you've taken group fitness classes, if you've ever been a member of a boutique studio, if you follow people on Instagram, whatever it is, coaches have different personalities and different approaches, different, different ways of going about things. Identify what serves you best, what actually motivates you, and then encourage yourself to start talking to yourself that way. This is a very intentional approach to self-talk. One of the biggest things that 
you're going to notice as a theme throughout all of these points is a lot of this comes back to how are you speaking to yourself? The way that you love your own body through a journey of something like weight loss where you're trying to make intentional change is very deeply connected to how you speak to yourself. You know, there's this this classic saying out there of if you wouldn't say it to your best friend, don't say it to yourself. And yes, there's validity to that. There very much is. I would I would kind of take it a step further and say, what if you thought about what actually would motivate your best friend or what actually would motivate you? Think about that. If the drill sergeant approach isn't for you, don't use it on yourself. Do you need to be more of a cheerleader or a motivator for yourself? Do you need to give yourself more grace? Do you need to be softer and kinder on yourself? You know yourself best. I think that this is a really important thing to mention here. Uh, I had a very interesting conversation with a client a number of months ago. And she says something along the lines of, Reed, I know that if I if I allow myself the space to walk into the gym and I say, you know what, just move your body today. She said, given where I'm at in life with all the things I'm juggling, it's very tempting for me to 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 just walk on the treadmill and do very, very light exercise. And she said, I know that right now, in order for me to reach my goals, I need to be pushing to a little bit more intensity. And she said, so I need to self-talk my way into stepping out of giving myself that wiggle room. I need to be a little bit more strict with myself. I need to kind of set my set my obligations of what am I committing to because I know what my goals are. I know what I'm working toward. And then I'm going to hold myself accountable. And I thought that was phenomenal self-awareness. That is so good because when you know yourself, if you understand, and this can change in different seasons, by the way, very much so can change. If you recognize, hey, me constantly giving myself this like wiggle room, gray space, giving myself grace constantly means that I'm not achieving my goals, then maybe you need to employ a bit more of that hard driving motivator. Maybe a tiny bit of drill sergeant needs to show up. But if you know for yourself, hey, that drill sergeant does not serve me whatsoever, sometimes it actually could be demotivating, then don't employ it. So think through that. Start to kind of craft the voice in your head as you pep talk yourself and encourage yourself because you want to know who we spend the most time with? Uh, Ourselves. So the conversation that happens between our two ears becomes the thing that's the most important in a journey like this. Yes, we may have coaches. We may have friends we go to the gym with. We may have you know, spouses and siblings and, and parents and people that we kind of bounce ideas off of, which is phenomenal. We want that. That's beautiful. But the person that you spend the most time with talking with in your own head maybe you're not talking aloud but at least maybe sometimes I don't know about you sometimes I talk to myself in the car but at least in your own head is you and so how can you craft that conversation to serve you best to be motivating to lift you up point number seven here is remember that God made your body to fulfill his calling to pursue your passions to be the mom sister friend you're called to be not to just look a certain way in a dress. You are called to so much more than just the size of your body. And stepping back and remembering that big picture framing can be really, really important here because it's so easy to hone in on obsession, especially if we're in a journey where you're putting a lot of time and energy toward making change, which is required sometimes. If you're saying, hey, you know what, Reed? I'm trying to change my nutrition. I'm trying to change my movement. I'm getting more sleep. I'm drinking more water. I'm improving my thoughts. Like that takes a lot of conscious work. And that's good. That's great. We have to do that sometimes. And so I give you credit for that. But I also in moments want you to step back and recognize, hey, you know what? I am called to so much more than just this one thing right now. There's more to life. There's more to the size of my pants. 
There's more to me than the size of my pants. And hey, by the way, guess what? Nobody knows the size of your pants other than you. No way. I know it's very obvious, but it never hurts to mention that little tag is inside of your pants. It's inside of your shirt. No one can see it. And so how do I encourage myself to recognize something so much bigger than just the size of my body or some metric that I'm now tracking to try to change body composition? Step outside of yourself, right? Your body takes you to a ton of incredible places. This kind of takes us back to that concept of like how you're goal setting and how you're thinking about your why, which I haven't mentioned yet in this episode, but y'all know if you've tuned into some episodes that I love talking about your why because it is a critical motivating factor. Understanding why you're here, why you're doing what you're doing is so much bigger than just the singular goal that you're working toward. Once again, there's nothing wrong with having a goal, but recognize that bigger picture. Little piece of scripture that I love oh so dearly, and I want to mention here, it's 1 Timothy 4, 8. For physical training is of some value, but godliness or spiritual training is of value in everything and in every way, since it holds promise for the present life and for the life to come. That's the amplified version. I love the way that one's that one reads. So thinking about physical training is of some value, but spiritual training, godliness is of value in everything and in every way. The things that are bigger than just the size of your pants, way more important. Now, I recognize that we may need to make shifts in our health in order to get to a healthy place where we can do the things we want to do on this earth. That is super, super, super valid. But just keep it in mind. Consider that. That's 1 Timothy 4, 8. I love that verse. So let's recap, my friends. Point number one, observe data points rather than judging. Number two, celebrate non-physique-based wins, non-scale wins. Number three, move your body in ways that bring you joy. Number four, clothe yourself for comfort. Number five, if loving your body feels like too much right now, try to get to a place of body neutrality. Number six, ask yourself, what's motivating for you? Don't be a drill sergeant if that's not what motivates you. Dive into that self-talk and determine what's motivating for you right now and apply that to your self-talk. And number seven, remember that God made your body for so much more, so much more to your calling than just the size of your pants or the size of your dress. So friends, key takeaway today. I want you to think through which of these seven points really felt like it resonated with you. Try to try to pick one of them. Focus on it and say, hey, you know what? How can I employ this this upcoming week? If you're in the middle of a weight loss journey, maybe you're not even working toward weight loss right now and you're just trying to work on your self-talk. You're just trying to say, hey, you know what? How do I start to just embrace what I have and what I've got and not constantly tear it down? Find ways to love my body for what it's able to do and not focus so much on the scale or whatever that metric may be. Think about which of these seven tactics can you employ this week to offer kindness to your body while you are on this journey. Okay, my friends, that is what I have for you today. I hope that you have a stellar rest of the week. Thank you for tuning into the Fit Feed by Read podcast. If this had a positive impact on you, I'd be so honored to have you share it with a fellow female millennial. Send it through text message or post it on your Instagram story, tagging me at Fit Feed by Read. I hope you guys have a stellar week ahead of building healthy habits. And don't forget, God loves you. 